Welcome to the Business Gorillas Podcast, where the biggest, baddest, and most fearless business owners pull the curtains back and reveal their most tightly guarded secrets and strategies. With your host, serial entrepreneur and marketing visionary, Josh Rosenberg. Buckle up. It's time to get started. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Rosenberg. You're here with me for another edition of the Business Gorillas podcast. Today, I got an awesome guest. His name is Oscar Garcia. When I saw his name pop up on the uh, little booking confirmation, I said, wait a second. I I think I know this guy. Turns out a few weeks ago, mutual friend named Dave Miz, who runs one of the best email uh, e-commerce email marketing agencies in the world. He introduced us. He said, yo, you guys would hit it off. Uh, You guys probably be good friends. I want you to to meet. So we did. We spoke for a while. We had uh, more people and, and things in common than you could, I could think of. And Oscar said, yeah, well, I might be coming up to New York in a, a little while. Before I do, we got to go get a bite to eat. So Oscar, thank you for very much for being here. No problem, Josh. Thanks so much for having me, man. Looking forward to the next uh, hour or so and just uh, talking shop with you, man. This is my one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. We're going to have a lot of fun. So uh, you're kind of a renaissance man i know you've done just from what we've spoke about you've done a whole lot of of different things mm-hmm. you've got a uh, soccer coaching business you ran an ad agencies now you're helping course creators to to be very profitable to make it big um tell me what what are you working on these days that keeps you busy and that uh you enjoy the most yeah man so i think for me like one of the best ways i can put it is that i, I like being someone that's actually in the trenches doing it and then helping others uh, run their own journey as well. So, you know, my main business that has pretty much started everything since day one, since I was in the corporate world, was uh, a company called Renegade Soccer Training. And we pretty much just do online soccer training programs for, for for players that just want to improve their skill. And that has been kind of like my main bread and butter. And because of that, I was able to, you know, scale that business. I mean, we did six figures in about eight months when we first launched it just through the use of a funnel. And because of that, I then branched off and started helping out other individuals with their sales funnels. Eventually, I did an ad agency. Uh, that was uh, a bit of a nightmare for me <laughs> in that process because I just I just wasn't ready for that. Uh, so then I kind of backtracked and just started doing freelancing, kind of online marketing work for a lot of different individuals when it came to virtual summits, you know, selling ebooks, things of that nature. Uh, but now my main focus is just helping people who I kind of see as myself when I first started, people that want to leverage their knowledge for income. And so, you know, with the with the way everything's going with like, you know, course creators being such a hot topic and like Facebook groups, the way they're kind of, you know, slowly kind of on the on the 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 back end of their growth cycle, I kind of focus, you know what, maybe it's time for me to create a community where it's all about actually helping course creators figure out, you know, how to identify that niche, how to put a sales process in place and how to scale that business. And that's kind of what I'm really excited about because I'm calling it marketing and mojitos. And uh, so far I got some couple of people in there and we've had some great wins already. So I'm happy about that. Nice. And do you actually uh, celebrate some mojitos after a big win? Oh yeah, man. For me, like when, you know, you know, Call it what you will, man. But I love a mojito. Like to me, you know, when I'm when I when I feel like I'm successful and I want to celebrate, you know, that picture is like going to the beach, having a nice mojito. I'm from Florida, so like Clearwater Beach, I can go to Frenchies, have a nice mojito. Bam, that's a perfect way to celebrate a win for me, man. You know, what's funny is uh, a few years ago, every uh, season, like every summer or winter, I don't know what it is. I just just one sort of stick with it for that season, mm-hmm. and. and 
it was uh, uh, mojitos, but I kind of got tired of the minty flavor. So I asked my friend who's Brazilian, who's a bartender, and he said, let me make you a drink called Capiña. Yeah. And I've, I loved it. It was awesome. Then I realized how much sugar is in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, um, it's, a, it's and, a Brazilian mojito, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's, there's uh, not really much mint in there. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a ton of sugar. And I was like, oh, well, that's why it's so sweet and it goes down so easy. That makes yeah. sense. You're yeah. just drinking a big glass of liquidy sugar with alcohol in it. Um, right. All right. So anyway, uh, so you said you started your soccer business to get out of the corporate world, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Was that your very first business ever? Or when you were a young kid, did you have any ventures uh, then that you embarked on? Or, you know, what, what started on the entrepreneurial path? Um, no, man, it's, it's kind of different because I know like, you know, a lot of really super successful entrepreneurs always have a story of how like, I don't know, they, they turn little trinkets in their closet and sold them for like five, 10 bucks or something like that. I didn't really have that. I mean, if anything, I could probably say that like I used to draw. And so what I would do back in my day was like draw Pokemon <laughs> uh, in elementary school. And then like I'd sell it off or I'd trade it off for like the kids, you know, chocolate milk or, you know, the extra I don't know, ice cream bar or whatever like that. Right. But there was no kind of entrepreneurial, like, here's how to do it. You know, my, my parents were, you know, I'm first generation. So my parents are more about like the mentality of, Hey, we need to make ends meet. We need to bust our butt. We need to work hard. We need to get that job. And so that's kind of how I was brought up in terms of like, we need to make sure that we're doing the right thing. So that way we can provide for ourselves. And then, you know, at a certain point, it kind of started looking at like, okay, well, how are all these other people kind of making successful? Because at the end of the day, like, you know, my, one of my main goals is to be able to provide for, you know, my mom and my dad to be able to buy them a house, take care of them and be like, look, you you guys did so much for us. Let me go ahead and return the favor and make sure that you can live out your glory years in peace. And you don't got to worry about anything. And I knew that, especially when I was in the corporate world, no matter how hard I worked, I was only going to get, you know, a two to 5% raise at the end of the year, unless I wanted to go live in like, you know, a place I didn't want to live. And, you know, I'm going, I'm, I live, I'm from Florida, right? And so at the time for me, that was Cincinnati. And I was like, I'm not going to Cincinnati. So, <laughs> so uh, that's when I was like, okay, you know what? Well, I have this degree in marketing, you know, um, and I pretty much paid my way through school by doing like website designs and SEOs, uh, SEO projects for, for different local businesses. But it was never kind of like, oh, this, this, I want this to be a big thing. Uh, and at one point, you know, in, at the university that I was at, I met this guy, his name was J.R. Hallworth, and he was essentially the, the program director for a program called the Corporate Mentor Program that matched us uh, first-generation students with like mentors in the Tampa Bay area. And it was from that that I built a really strong connection with him. And he's the one that approached me because uh, he knew that I was doing websites. He's like, Oscar, listen, man, um, I know you're in the corporate world now and everything. And um, I want to know if, if you'd be willing to come and, you know, let's work on this business together. And so that's ended up, that's what ended up happening. I ended up leaving the corporate world, moved in with him, and then we started busting our butts and getting his business up and going. That's very cool. And you said something a minute ago that I really liked, which is that you're motivated to buy your mom and dad a home. And I like that a lot. That's so much better than somebody that just wants to buy a bunch of sports cars or expensive watches or, you know, ride around a private jet all the time. I would rather, you know, be able to take care of the people that I care about, the people that took care of me. So, you know, that's awesome, man. I stand by you with that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I, I would love to experience those things too. Like, I mean, I've, I've been inside a Lamborghini, but like, you know, after 20 minutes, it's kind of like, all right, what's next, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, I, I, I go after things that, 
uh, well, tr- like when I look back at my life, I can, I can smile back and say like, man, that was really cool that we were able to do that. And then it's even better if we can experience those things with the people we love and care most about. So that's kind of why I'm doing it. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, to be honest, most people that have all the, the fancy toys and everything will tell you, like when you get that new sports car, those first few days, you can't stop staring at it. You don't want to mm-hmm. uh, drive too much because you don't want anything to happen to you, but you want to make sure everyone sees you. But after a few days, <laughs> it's no longer that special. No, you know, two weeks later, it's just your car. Right. And so all that wears off. But if you could buy your mom and dad a house and make sure that they could, you know, live out their retirement comfortably with a roof over their head and food in their belly, like that lasts forever. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. Especially because like, you know, again, you know, uh, it's one of those things that as an entrepreneur, there, there's, there's definitely times when you're going to face like hardships and obstacles and you're going to be like, oh man, do I want to do this? Do I want to keep pushing forward? And at least for me, whenever that happens, I just look back at like my parents because, you know, growing up, my dad worked three jobs. My mother worked two, yet somehow we were still able to eat, you know, you know, we watch a blockbuster on Fridays and eat Pizza Hut every Friday. That was our family thing. Um, but they still managed to make it work. And so, you know, you don't, you don't really appreciate it when you're growing up in those circumstances until you're on the other side and you look back and you're like, wow, they really busted their butt. Like, I don't know how I could do that. Like, you know, my parents had two daughters by the time they were 20. I'm 32 right now. And I'm like, you know, I'm still a couple of years away from thinking about having kids. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. And uh, for any listeners that are a little too young, Blockbuster was like a store. Think of Netflix, but as if, if it was a physical store, you'd go into <laughs> and pick out a movie. And instead of watching a trailer, you just looked at the box. Yeah, 100%. You had to read the description in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, man. That's awesome. So normally in the info product or training world, um, the rule is if you want to do well, you go in, a, in either in the health, wealth, or romance niche. Mm-hmm. You went with soccer. That's a leisurely activity. That's a fun sport. That's not one of the big three, but you seem to make it work pretty well. What were you doing that really moves the needle more than anything else? And was kind of like the secret for your success in soccer. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, I wish I could take credit that it was my idea, but it was definitely uh, my business partner's idea. He had years of experience within uh, that niche and in the sports world. He, you know, he played football, he played soccer, he did track, he did a bunch of different things. And, you know, he's a, he's a natural kind of educator by heart. And he, you know, he comes from a systems background. And so when he looked at like soccer development in the United States, he was like, man, there, there, there's a better way. It's the reason why like you don't, we, like America doesn't have a Messi uh, or, or some type of Ronaldo. Like, you know, people, we go to the World Cup and people don't expect us to make us past the first round because, you know, we just, we don't have the same culture. We don't have the same resources. So he kind of had that idea, but he just didn't have the know-how in terms of like, okay, how do I put a website together? How do I put an offer and all that kind of stuff? And that's kind of where I came in. So we joined forces. And for us, the biggest thing is that like, we noticed that on YouTube, there were tons of people or tons of videos of like people just creating videos on like how to get more touches on, on a, on a soccer ball. And the idea was that like, okay, if a, if a soccer player can get more touches uh, with their feet on a soccer ball, they end up becoming a better player. And we're like, okay, well, rather than waiting for people to come to us on YouTube, why don't we just create like a, a, a simple 15 minute workout that gives you know, two to 3000 touches within 15 minutes that a kid can do at home, at, at the park, at school, wherever that they can download and just make it happen. So we took that idea and then just built a sales funnel around that. So we set up an ad 
advertising that free workout. Once people opted in, we then offered a 30-day at-home training program that just focused on ball control. And then we had an upsell behind that that then incorporated ball control with fitness work. So that way they would have a well-rounded and complete kind of training program that they can do at home. And so that was the idea. And that pretty much took us to the point where, you know, we became, you know, and I'm happy to say this, the, the number one online soccer training <laughs> program in the world uh, in a fairly short amount of time. That's awesome, man. Congrats on that. Um, so you've been around the block for a while. You've worked with businesses in all different kinds of niches and verticals and such. Mm -hmm. um, what is something that just makes your blood absolutely boil or that you think is completely dishonest or is just total BS, something that you can't stand? Oh, uh, <laughs> like you're talking about advice in general that people. Well, pe yeah. Or people that are uh, running their own online business, maybe info products, maybe they're running an agency, whatever, you know, yeah. the, um, the, the, the idea of value. People are always saying like, you got to give value, put more value out there. And it's kind of like uh, it, the, the word has kind of lost its meaning. And it's something for me that like, I personally have chosen to, to stop using value when it comes to like talking about marketing and, and helping businesses, because the real word is utility um, in my mind. And it's like the difference in value, it's, it's super subjective. Like for example, there's a saying, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? That's kind of the idea with value. However, utility, something that's useful, something that someone can, can apply and immediately get results, that's something that essentially, regardless of your status or where you're coming from, can be proven to be useful. For example, regardless if you're rich or poor, you know, you could use uh, some laundry detergent, right? There's utility there <laughs> to wash some clothes, right? So uh, the whole idea of like, you got to give value and all this other stuff, it's, it's, I understand where they're going with it, but I believe that the idea of value just confuses so many people. And instead it should be like, create something that's useful, create something that your market can easily apply and get results immediately. That's something is useful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I think I told this story in a, a recent podcast episode. I got a buddy that um, was a photographer for many years. He did a uh, wedding photography. And mm -hmm. then over time, uh, that market kind of dried up because every one of your wedding guests is a photographer. They've got their, their phones with them at all times. They're taking thousands of pictures. You can, there are sites that you can set up that they get a log on to and the pictures get automatically uploaded and sorted. And so unless you are throwing a really expensive, you know, over a hundred thousand dollar wedding, you probably are not going to hire a $10,000 photographer. So mm -hmm. his whole business model was starting to dry up. So he wanted to create an online course and he needed to create some kind of a free giveaway bribe and opt-in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so he couldn't come up with any ideas. He really wanted to be able to provide that value. So he was doing all this stuff showing about, you know, different lens lengths and this and this and this. And I said, no, no, no that's way too complicated. The people you're selling to don't know anything about photography. They want to learn the basics. Um, and so we came up with the idea of, you know, him showing how to take better portraits because of course you're going <laughs> to take pictures of your friends your family your girl whoever um and so what he says oh well that's easy well all you really need to do is push your neck forward a little bit so your head tilts forward you lift your chin a little bit 
And what that does is it stretches out your skin. It uh, takes some of these shadows off you and then also stops you from getting like the um, like weird expressions. And it helps your face to come out a lot more naturally as if you were standing very confidently. But mm -hmm. it's you're just sort of positioning your head in a way that feels a little unnatural. But then when you notice it, and you know to do this you see other people taking photos especially if you're around like any professionals all the models know to do this everybody does it and that's how you take the best portraits yeah I thought that this is just such a simple basic thing and i said no 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 up until right now i had no idea i'd never heard this before but i'm going to be using this in every picture that gets taken of me my head's going to go forward i'm going to be <laughs> doing exactly this and since then i've become much more photogenic so we use that as the the lead as our uh, opt-in bribe, because instantly we provided somebody with uh, a utility. I mean, in this case, it was also value, but mm -hmm. you hear that. And now, Oscar, I bet you, you, the next time somebody says, let me take your picture, you're probably going to try this. And when you see the result, you'll be like, oh, wow, that's, I'm never going back. Oh, 100%. In fact, uh, last time, because I know you were on my podcast, you told me that same story. And I, I kid you not, that same night, I ended up going out and uh, celebrating with a couple friends. And every time they took a picture, I was sticking my head out like a turtle. And for <laughs> sure, the pictures looked awesome. And I was like, dang, like that was a really cool tip that I learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I've got a bunch of stories like that, but I always like that one because whoever is listening to that and hears it for the first time, I now know that there's going to be a bunch of listeners of this podcast that have never heard that before, that now it's going to help them. So that's why I keep coming back to this. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. And, and, and it highlights a great point where it's like, you know, sometimes as business owners, we're so into our world that it's super hard for us to take a step back and kind of look at the the, the big picture, right? And we're so kind of entrenched. Uh, but that's kind of why you always need some outside perspective to be like, hey, man, like, yeah, it's a simple thing of like showing you how to stick out your neck uh, is going to be the lead magnet that's going to really, that's going to crush it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's true. I mean, most of the people that you're selling to are brand new. And so they don't know what they don't know. They don't know most things. So in your, your case, if you can show somebody how to get their foot to touch the soccer ball more times and, uh, you know, uh, more number of times and quicker, mm -hmm that's going to help them. They're going to build a, a quicker rhythm. They're going to be uh, more used to, to touching and going and, and everything else. Yeah. And that's just going to help them all around. And it mm -hmm. seems simple to you, but to them, that, that could be a game changer. Um, all right. So now comes the, uh, the part, the question that throws a lot of people off. <laughs> I warned you about this uh, ahead of time. Do you have any like really funny or insane stories that you got to experience things that were that were nuts that if you would remain in an office nine to five job, you never would have had the chance to experience them. Oh, 100%, man. You know, I think um, it's the reason why I'm so passionate about just business and helping people understand how to leverage their knowledge for income, because I, I really do believe it's a path towards freedom. And at least for me, my version of freedom was like, you know, let me go out there and travel and explore. And so, you know, there was this one time when I was up in New York and I was doing, um, a speaking gig talking about like how Facebook ads can, can help a business. And on my flight down back to Tampa, I was watching the documentary called free solo. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it, it's with Annex Honnold and how he climbed um, like a, a mountain over in Yosemite. It's a 3000 foot face mountain and he climbed it without any ropes. Uh, but to me, the most fascinating part of that documentary was the fact that he lived out of a van. <laughs> and so I was like, what in the world? I had never seen anything like that. And his van wasn't like 
you know, some Dodge Caravan or whatever. It was like a nice big commercial van. He had a bed in there, a full kitchen. I was like, what is this? And I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, sure, there's RVs, but I've never seen it in like the commercial van that it was in. So, of course, when I get home, I go onto YouTube, I go down the rabbit hole, and I get introduced to van life. And immediately I'm like, wait, so I get to travel the country. I get to save on rent. I get to put more workshops. At the time I was doing uh, in-person workshops, uh, showing business owners how to, how to leverage Facebook ads. And I can do all that pretty much right off a lot of the expenses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, essentially get to do what I want to do. And I'm like, sign me up. So literally within two weeks, I traded in my car, I bought a van and over four months, I converted it into a mobile home slash office. It has a bed, it has, you know, 5G Wi-Fi fridge, it's got everything that you need uh, to run. And I went straight to the Pacific Northwest, which I have never been. Uh, you know, I was always uh, Florida or California, but I've never been to the Pacific Northwest and, and seen what it is out there. So that's the first place that I wanted to go. And there's this point in time where it was it was about maybe winter time. I want to say it's December. Uh, I'm driving up this mountain. This is in Washington, uh, just outside of Tukwila, which is like a little town on the other side of the river from Seattle. I'm going up the Cascade Mountains and it's raining and I'm driving and I'm driving and it's a uh, it's it's starting to turn into a mountain road so it's like a single lane both ways and all of a sudden you know the the rain starts getting thicker and thicker and I'm like what is going on here uh and then like as I keep driving I notice that on the side of the road there's these like white piles I don't know what it is but it's just like these giant white piles and I'm like what is that is there something going on here all of a sudden I realize that it's actually snowing and here I am driving up this mountain with Florida plates in a big, heavy van with, you know, not using snow tires. And all of a sudden, my van starts sliding left and right. And I'm on a mountain road. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm freaking out. And I see people's like headlights flashing behind me. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is going on, man? So I, I put on my hazards and I just take it down to like 15 miles an hour. And I coast up this entire mountain, just going super slow. I'm I know everyone behind me is just like giving me the finger and just cursing me out, but I'm like, dude, whatever. But I make it to the top of the mountain and I know that uh, on the other side, we're just coasting down. I'm taking it very careful because my, again, my van is sliding left and right, but on the other end of the mountain was a little place called Lavenworth. And it was at this time when they had a festival of lights going on because it was during like Christmas season. And it was probably the most amazing thing I could have like, seen and probably even gone into at that point in time i literally stopped in that city and by the way the parking was like her horrendous because it, it was a festival but people were walking around with bratwursts beers they were passing out you know wine flights there was music it was all lit up there was like thousands of people there man and at that like i i didn't know like i was so i was white knuckling the entire time for a second i thought that maybe i did die and like, I, I came to this point where I'm just greeted by bratwurst and beer, <laughs> but no, man, I ended up spending the night there and enjoying it and making a bunch of friends. Uh, and it was definitely a, a welcome sight, especially after about an hour and a half of just treacherous driving that I was just totally unprepared for. <laughs> That's funny. You died and went to Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When you're driving through the Pacific Northwest, were there any uh, Bigfoot sightings? Cause I know it's uh, big out there. <laughs> Man, I didn't see them, but I definitely understand why people believe in them. Like when you're driving through the redwoods and you see how a tree trunk is larger than a semi truck, 
you can you can picture why people believe in these in these huge creatures i mean uh one year i went camping out in like this was christmas and this was again in washington and i was camping in the forest and you know i was getting ready to call it a night and for the first time i didn't hear a single sound in the forest i didn't hear crickets i didn't hear anything rustling it was just dead quiet and that was one of the creepiest things I've ever experienced because I'm like, it's pitch black, number one. But also, I just don't hear anything. And there's other people camping in this same camping area. So like, uh, it's kind of like a, a camping, that's um, a campground. So you know that there's designated spots and, and people are camping there. But I couldn't see my neighbors. I couldn't hear my neighbors. It was just like nothing. Like almost envision if you were inside like a, a deprivation tank, almost like that. And I'm kind of like, this is this is some creepy stuff up here, man. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna do weird things to your brain. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But no, it was fun. It was a good time. I woke up, had a nice breakfast, so it's all good. <laughs> you know, there's only so long you can be in that kind of a uh, deprivation before you're no longer there alone. Oh yeah. 100%. Eventually, yeah. And if that's how you live every day of your life, yeah, you're gonna start seeing Bigfoot and aliens and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's easy for the mind to play tricks on you, and so. It's one of those things. So again, would it be cool to see one? Hundred percent. But did I see one? No. <laughs> uh, oh well. Next time. Well, then you, you know that just means you got to keep the van so you can go back and try again sometime. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the the van is still alive and kicking. Thankfully, you know my girlfriend wasn't scared of a big white van with no windows, and so uh, we've <laughs> been taking it all around New England and experiencing all the different sites. And you know that's the other thing about business is like the fact that you know we have the freedom to do that. So. It's just by leveraging, you know, your knowledge for income and just, you know, truly figuring out like one simple funnel that's going to get you there. And I think a lot of people kind of overcomplicate it. They think they need to put too many bells and whistles into their business, but it's just more so really understanding who your market is and finding the right offer to present in front of them and just saying like, look, here's your problem. Here's this simple solution. Come on in. And then putting a sales process in place that allows, you know, you to automate your sales 24 seven. And by doing that, and don't get me wrong, the first time I did that, it took me like six months to figure that out. And I went into credit card debt and all that kind of stuff. But once we figured it out, we made 10 grand in one month and the following month was like 25. And then November of that year, we did $100,000 in a single month. You know, And it's just, again, it was six months of just questioning, doubt, frustration. I definitely lost some hair. I definitely gained a lot of weight, but I ended up figuring it out. And now it's, it's, it's different. Now that I'm on the other side, I kind of see things uh, and I can pretty much tell, okay, this might be a good idea. This might not be a good idea. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe that everyone should try it. It's not going to be easy, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. That's awesome, man. Um, so if you could turn back time and do it all again with the knowledge that you have now, what would you do differently? I would skip college. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I had, a, I had an amazing college experience. Uh, and I met a lot of connections and networked with a lot of people, but the actual marketing that I learned did not come from, you know, my four-year institution. It came from, you know, going into debt and trying to figure out what is a sales funnel because I went four years, got my marketing degree and didn't know what a sales funnel was, you know, uh, until the fact, like I started doing like, you know, I went into Google and typed in what most people do, how to make money online. And you start going down that rabbit hole, right? So I knew about like websites and SEO, but even then, I had this idea of like putting up an ad and putting up, uh, you know, three pages and lining them up. So that way, when someone signs up, you have a low ticket offer and then you provide an upsell, et cetera, et cetera. Like that whole concept was so foreign to me. Um, I had no idea what happened. And 
like this isn't rocket science you know you know kids can do this kind of stuff now in fact like i love hearing how entrepreneurs are now teaching their kids about sales funnels and how sales works because it's such a it's 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 almost like going door to door like i still believe like that trait is still necessary for a lot of individuals but knowing how to do that online as well because it's almost like a different art to being able to sell on autopilot and at least for me there, there's a lot of times when i look at that four year degree I look at the amount of money that went into it, um, the amount of stress that went into it as well. Uh, and for sure, like it, it's something that I'm like, man, this was a good time. But in terms of where I am today, it, it didn't really move the needle much, you know? Um, so I definitely would say I probably would skip college and just go straight into kind of like, uh, you know, networking with with different entrepreneurship groups in my local area, but mostly like understanding how to sell automatically online. Yeah, that's... I, I got to agree with you on a lot of that there. I mean, I went to, to school for graphic design. I minored in film. I've okay. never touched Photoshop since the day I graduated. I haven't, and I graduated <laughs> 2004. So that's 19 years. Oh my God, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I, I've done a lot of more work with film because a lot of uh, my video sales letters and webinars and my products have, uh, you know, a live film production to, to yeah. record everything. So I have a lot more real world experience with that, but I, uh, I was a few credits shy of graduating. Mm -hmm. And so they were all elective credits. So I could take anything. Um, but because I was working full time, they really could only be online courses. So I took um, some marketing courses. Um, and that was the first exposure to any kind of marketing I ever had. I honestly just took them because it sounded easy. Mm. And it absolutely was. And it was institutional marketing because the idea is that you get a, a job working for a giant ad agency or working for a large company right. and they do things very differently. There's a pecking order. You're the bottom rung of the totem pole for years where maybe you and a team of four other people are coming up with uh, ad bod co body copy, but it still has to go to 17 people above you before it gets approved and it goes live. So the world of direct response marketing and sales funnels and, and all that stuff doesn't exist. In, in most colleges. I mean, now there are, you can find courses on it, mm -hmm. but this is more like if you want to get a job working for uh, Young and Rubicam or WPP or yeah. Saatchi and Saatchi, you know, any of the, those big guys, that's what they're preparing you for. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it was a good experience. I liked doing that, but the fact that I only needed two credits was made it, <laughs> you know, there was no pressure. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and I'm, and like I said, like I, I value, I value the experience and the people that I met, the connections, because those are second to none. Like, you know, I met my best friends there. I met my business partner there and all that kind of stuff. But the actual education part, like, for example, when, when I was in the corporate world, right. And I had to, to jump ship, I pretty much pulled out my 401k and moved in with my first client, you know, in a spare bedroom. And I was probably like, I left a 40 hour work week to then start doing 80 hours worth of work a week uh with no benefits you know <laughs> with with no with no health insurance with no no retirement plan nothing it was just kind of like busting my butt in order to figure out how to make it work and i'll tell you like those first eight months of trying to figure out what works were super vital in terms of where i am today and it, i learned more in those eight months and the actual education that i gained from that four-year institution you know so again i love the people that i worked the, that i connected with and became friends with and all that but as far as the education piece the know-how uh it definitely didn't serve me to the best of my ability oh of course of course i mean let's say you don't know how to swim what's going to serve you better spending five years watching youtube videos and swimming or somebody throwing you in the pool 
yeah, if you talk, if you talk to my family, they threw me in the pool and for sure I learned how to swim. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you very much. This has been awesome. Um, if somebody wanted to reach you, learn more about you, more, learn more about your business, possibly um, want to work with you. How can they do that? 100% man. Uh, my main website is uh, www.oscarmgarcia.com. And like I mentioned earlier, I have a community for course creators. So if you're interested in learning how to leverage your knowledge for income and just want to be around a supportive network of peers that are no BS and going to give it to you straight, then I highly recommend you sign up for uh, the beta. The beta is over at www.oscarmgarcia.com forward slash beta. And I also have a podcast called The OMG Show, where I interview other successful course creators and also kind of give you my two cents on different things that are working for me as I'm in the trenches. And if you want, you could also follow me on social media. Uh, my handles are at Marketing with OMG. That works for LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for being here, man. This has been a lot of fun. Again, everybody, www.oscarmgarcia.com. Check him out. This guy knows what he's talking about. Thanks a lot, Josh. I appreciate you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Business Gorillas Podcast. If you're a highly successful entrepreneur and want to be a guest, go to businessgorillaspodcast.com and fill out the form. Remember to share us on social media. Click the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating and review if you got anything out of the show. Feel free to connect with us on social media. If you're looking to connect with world-class top marketers and some of the most experienced fractional chief marketing officers in the world today, head on over to verygoodmarketingconsultants.com. On behalf of your host, Josh Rosenberg, thank you for listening to the Business Gorillas Podcast.